Welcome to the Gifford Provider Podcast, the podcast of Gifford Healthcare located in Randolph, Vermont. I'm Scott Fleischman, the communication specialist here at Gifford. Gifford's a nonprofit critical access hospital and federally qualified health center with a total of nine locations. The medical center in Randolph is home to a 24-hour emergency department, inpatient and rehabilitation units, a renowned birthing center, accredited cancer program, advanced diagnostic imaging, imaging, surgery, and much more. You can go to giffordhealthcare.org to find all the services we provide. One of the specialties that uh, we serve here in our for our community is dietary services. And our guest for this episode is Annie Hutchinson, registered dietitian here at Gifford. We're going to get into all of um, the reasons why she decided to become a registered dietitian. And we're going to talk about um, how she is now certified to treat celiac disease and other um, dietary related issues. So uh, that's going to be some interesting conversation. But before we talk to Annie, if you are watching us on our YouTube channel, thank you. Subscribe to the channel, like this video, click the bell for notifications. That way this video will be seen in front of more people and you will be notified whenever we have something new on the YouTube channel. We are posting new videos all the time patient testimonials, employee testimonials, just cool things going on here at Gifford, and of course, informational material as well. And we are also available in audio form on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts, as well as Spotify. You can give us a subscribe and like, leave a comment as well in the review. Those help us get more traction and more of this great information out to the community. If you are in the area and you do want to come to Gifford, there's so many services and locations that we provide. You can go to GiffordHealthcare.org to check all of that information out. If you're interested in a career in the medical field or if you're interested in a different type of career, we also have non-clinical positions such as cook or a kitchen assistant. We have positions in environmental services. So we have plenty of jobs for you as well. If you're looking for something on the non-clinical side, giffordhealthcare.org slash careers. Okay. With all that out of the way, Andy Hutchinson, thanks for joining us on this edition of the Gifford Provider Podcast and uh, congratulations on your recent certification. You can uh, treat celiac disease and other dietary challenges and um, I know that that means a lot to you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Scott. Um, so this, yeah, this recent certification is specific to just treating any type of gluten-related conditions. So celiac disease tends to be the first thing that comes to mind. But I think over the past couple of years, it's become a big topic of interest for a lot of people. So I felt like it was worthwhile Um kind of diving more into, um, since our education does cover it, but there's only so much information you can get on a broad variety of topics, um, you know, throughout undergrad and whatnot. So talk to me about the process and what you had to do. Sure. So I kind of stumbled upon this, um, not by mistake, but just by happenstance. So um, the Celiac Foundation provides really great resources, and I've had um, quite a few patients with um, various conditions that could be related to gluten. So, you know, as I touched on, celiac tends to be one of the most common 
Um, however, um, IBS or irritable bowel syndrome is another condition that's a pretty nonspecific um condition. It's not super well known about, um, but one of the potential causes of some of those could be gluten-containing foods. The um, Celiac Foundation was actually offering a grant for dietitians to take this training. So I felt like it just, you know, I kind of discovered it at the right time and was able to take advantage of it. How did you become a registered dietitian? Was there something in family history, something with you personally, where you were just like, you know, this is the road you wanted to go? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, all throughout high school, I was um, determined to go to school and become a third grade teacher. Um, and then I kind of felt like, you know, I, I like the idea of being able to educate people, but started developing more of an interest in the medical field as well, but kind of knew like, okay, nursing's not really my thing. I'm not a huge like needle and blood type of person. Um, so thinking outside the box, um, nutrition came to mind because it combined, you know, being able to do more group education if I wanted to, um, I've always been very passionate about food and where my food comes from. And I love cooking. So my mom grew up on a dairy farm and she was actually a home ec teacher as well. Um, and then my dad's mom was also a home ec teacher. So I grew up, you know, around the food pyramid being all over my house, magnets and stuff. And, um, you know, would have conversations about nutrition and cooking and gardening and food preservation. Um, so I felt like it combined all of my interests really well. So, you know, my interest in education, my love for food, and then my interest in, in healthcare. Um, so it just felt like a really good um, natural fit. Um, I also did take, or I did the VAST program. So where I took all my courses, my senior year of high school at VTC, and I took a nutrition class and really enjoyed it. Um, and, you know, enjoyed taking more science heavy courses. So, um, yeah, it just felt like a really good fit for me. Um, and throughout undergrad, you know, I just really loved all of my courses, um, then felt a little bit like I wanted to complement that in a different way. So I knew I wanted to go to grad school, but, um, rather than doing a traditional master's of science program, um, I got my master's in public health. So that area of nutrition is a little bit more, you know, higher level thinking policies, um, you know, program planning, stuff like that. And so I think that gave me a really good balance to my really clinically oriented undergrad education. Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Pelletier. I've been a pediatrician at Gifford for a little over 19 years. Well child visits are important for keeping track of your child's development, both physically as well as emotionally and socially. To reach us here at Gifford Pediatrics, call us at 802-728-2420, 802-728-2420. We'd love to see you here over the summer to make sure we can get your child off on the right foot for the new school year. 
So you joined Gifford at the start of 2022, and you've gone through this uh, certification now to treat celiac disease and other dietary challenges, you know, gluten-related disorders, which I don't think we knew about 15, 20 years ago. That just wasn't a thing you heard. So what do you think, what have you learned where that sort of developed over the last couple of decades? Yeah. So um, I think certainly it existed. It was just less talked about, um, which in some ways I think is a really positive change that's happened, especially for those individuals who do need to restrict gluten from their diet. You know, thinking back to 15 years ago, you didn't hear about it. And so those individuals really struggled, especially with eating out at restaurants um, and, you know, doing their their food shopping was a really huge challenge. Um, so, you know, I think part of it is that over time and, you know, this the kind of changes to our food supply happens gradually over time. But that's one, you know, potential thought as to why they're more common now. I think another, you know, reason why is that just that we have more information. Um, and so we're better able to diagnose these conditions. Um, so, you know, with celiac, um, they've identified some genes that are present in 95% of people that have celiac disease. So, you know, if um, you're trying to rule that out, if you test someone for these genes and they don't have them, it's fairly it's a fairly good bet that it's probably not celiac disease. Um, so, you know, I think that certainly we just have more information and resources available to us um, to be able to diagnose it. Um, you know, I do think there's a, a, a portion of the gluten-free um, phenomenon, I guess I'll say, that's a little bit um, kind of a fad because I think carbohydrates are kind of demonized now. And so, you know, gluten is um, the protein in wheat. So any type of wheat containing product also has gluten. So kind of that overlap um, of those foods, I think kind of give gluten-free foods um, what we call a health halo effect. So when it, you know, you see certain keywords on a food label, it triggers in your brain, oh, this is a healthy food. And that's, I'm not saying that gluten-free foods aren't healthy. It's just that it doesn't necessarily make it superior that it's gluten-free. Um, so yeah, a couple of different reasons for that. How do you work with folks who have these, you know, gluten-related disorders? You know, how, how does that go? Yeah. So depending on what their specific diagnosis is, um, will kind of tell me information about how stringent we need to be with restricting gluten. So starting with celiac disease, you know, that's an autoimmune disorder triggered by gluten. So what happens in the body is when you consume gluten, you know, it triggers this immune reaction that um, attacks the gluten, but also your small intestine. So it flattens out the um, what's called villi. So they're little finger-like projections in your intestine that help with absorption of nutrients. So, um, you know, if 
celiac disease is not treated um, and, you know, the individual with celiac disease doesn't completely restrict gluten, it can lead to, you know, some pretty serious health consequences down the road, um, especially pertaining to malabsorbing food. So not being able to absorb all the nutrients that you need. Um, so in those situations, you know, we want to be really deliberate about educating on what foods contain gluten, what to look for on food labels in the grocery store. Um, and then also, you know, knowing what questions to ask when you go out. Um, part of this training I took was really focused on what are the social implications for people who have celiac disease and gluten-related disorders? You know, it can be a real challenge to feel like you're so restricted when you go out. Um, and some people just don't want to because they're like, well, what am I going to eat? Especially at first, you know, I think that um, when anyone receives a medical diagnosis, there's an element of kind of fear and panic. And so um, it's normal for people to want to have more control over their situation. So, you know, with celiac disease, being really deliberate about educating on, um, restricting gluten altogether, avoiding cross-contamination, all that kind of stuff. Um, with, you know, gluten-related sensitivity um, or food intolerances, I kind of allow patients to tell me what really bothers them. You know, of course, restricting gluten is the ideal world because the symptoms that they have are not always the most fun. Um, so, you know, having abdominal pain and gas, um, it can manifest in um, constipation or diarrhea sometimes. So, you know, those are all symptoms that aren't ideal. Sometimes people are like, well, you know, if I eat a little bit, it doesn't bother me as badly. So like, you know, I'll have a small serving of something with gluten, um, which, you know, I don't, I feel like if it, if it doesn't bother them too much, it's not causing medical harm, um, then that's ultimately their choice. So there's a little bit of a spectrum in the way that I would treat the disorder, depending on what it was specifically. You mentioned a couple of the symptoms or signs that there might be something wrong. Um, there's some other really bad diet. I mean, Crohn's disease is another one. With Crohn's disease, um, it's a little more complex than just diet, but certainly there are dietary interventions to help alleviate some of the symptoms people are experiencing. Um, and then, you know, if they have to undergo, so one of the treatments is to get part of your bowel resected, depending on where, you know, that irritation is happening or inflammation is happening. Um, so depending on what part that is, you know, there's absorption of nutrients that happen all throughout our digestive system. Um, so, you know, coming to a dietitian to make sure that you're getting enough of those nutrients that, you know, if one part of your bowel was taken out and it's the part responsible for absorbing iron, for example, you want to make sure that you're receiving, you know, enough to be able to not be lacking in that nutrient. So yeah, that's definitely something that um, I am able to help um, troubleshoot any problems with. Crohn's is such, um, that's another disease that's really come a long way 
in treatment over the last you know decade or so my i mean 20 years my cousin growing up had Crohn's and you know it was really a struggle i mean she was on steroids for treatment for a long time and she you know blew up and it just that wasn't a really you know um that just wasn't a, the best way to treat it. And then yeah. eventually she had, she did, she did have the surgery and now she, she's on this really strict organic diet and mm-hmm. it seems, and it's, it's been under control, but um, Crohn's is just one of it's again, like I said, it's something that, you know, 20 years ago, you were in a lot of trouble. There was not really a lot of good ways to, to work around it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it's great to see, um, how far our medical system has come and be able to have, you know, not just one answer for every diagnosis. And I always like to take the approach of what are some positive things we can add um, to make you overall more healthy. Um, I think that rather than coming from a place of restriction, you know, it can be more empowering for people to think about, healthy options that they can start incorporating more of um, and just kind of, you know, gradually transition into um, an overall more well-rounded diet. At Gifford Healthcare, we're caring for you for life. That's why we're urging all adults 45 years and older to get their colonoscopy. Colorectal cancer is the second leading cause of cancer death in the U.S. among men and women combined. The American Cancer Society says the colon cancer death rate could be cut in half if people followed recommendations. Talk to your Gifford primary care provider about your options. 802-728-7000. 802-728-7000. More information on GiffordHealthcare.org. What advice would you give to somebody who has, you know, struggled with weight loss and they finally, you know, are able to kind of keep, you know, get the weight off, but are nervous that they're not going to be able to keep it off? What, you know, what would you say to those folks? Yeah. Um, And I think that, you know, one thing I do try to reframe is, Of course, there's an importance to feeling comfortable in your body and at your weight, Um, but there's also a lot of other factors that play into what our weight is. Um, So, you know, I think that oftentimes trying to shift the focus to promoting your health um, overall can be more meaningful. And the reason I say that is that Sometimes people get really discouraged if they hit a plateau Um, and, you know, that may be your body giving you information that you need to know Um, or perhaps, you know, your exercise routine is getting kind of stagnant and old and sometimes our bodies just crave something new. So just changing something up slightly um, to have an overall improvement is helpful. Um, You know, I also think when we think back to, you know, our predecessors and paleolithic areas, whatnot, um, you know, there was a real risk of starvation. And so our bodies have adapted to kind of conserve calories sometimes. Um, So weight loss is really challenging, especially if it's happening rapidly. It does kind of signal to your body Um, that you may be in starvation mode, which is, you know, was dangerous back then. 
Um, and right now we have, you know, a lot of availability to food, but physiologically, we don't always know that. So, um, you know, I think that really promoting a more gradual weight loss and a focus more on those positive lifestyle changes that we can make um, is more meaningful, um, just so that people don't get as discouraged by just looking at the number on a scale. Um we also know, of course, that muscle weighs more than fat. So, you know, there's a lot of different factors that play into it um, that I think is also important to acknowledge. So to see Annie or our other registered dietitian, Stacey Pelletier, you do need to be referred to by your primary care provider, but you're still taking people that are being referred to. There's no weight, right? Right. Yep. Yep. I have openings, you know, pretty much immediately. So, um, I'm welcoming new referrals at any point in time. Okay. And if you want to um, check out, again, the services or our primary care providers, you can go on our website, giffordhealthcare.org. If you don't already have a primary care provider here through Gifford, but any um, summer fall suggestions for folks as, uh, as they head into maybe the new school year? Yeah. So I think summer and fall is a really exciting time because especially in Vermont, it seems like a lot of people have gardens and there's berry picking and apple picking. So I think really focusing on trying to eat those wonderful seasonal fruits and vegetables that are available to you or checking out the farmer's market. Um, little plug for that here at Gifford as well um, is something that can be really helpful and exciting this time of year um, is that, you know, there's plenty of wonderful treats available that, you know, often you can either get from a family member that has a garden or from your neighbor um, that are really, you know, good for you and um, really refreshing in the summer months as well. All right, Annie Hutchinson, registered dietitian here at Gifford. Thank you so much for joining us on the Gifford Provider Podcast. Um, lot to, lot of great information out there for folks and hopefully um if they liked anything they heard or anything piqued their interest they'll talk to their primary care provider and get in touch with you great thank you scott all right thanks very much again you can go to giffordhealthcare.org check us out and we will be back here with another edition of the gifford provider podcast next month take care mm-hmm.